Quality Files. Well, I usually start my live podcast with, what's up, weirdos? I do appreciate you guys being here. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Clayton Abbott. And we are Oddity Files. We have a TV show on Amazon Prime where we go to spooky locations all yeah. over the world and hunt ghosts and so most of the time find them. Most of the time. Yeah. If we don't, it's just me falling asleep and literally like footage of me holding a camera dozing off. Um, yeah, so we, our day job is we work at Comic-Cons like this one. So we're fortunate enough to get into some of those Comic-Cons and do our live podcast there. Um, in the indie area, we actually have a couple coming up. It's October 4th at the Greenwood Library. They're opening up after hours for us. So I can say my salty curses, which I've been told to curb at this specific <laughs> podcast. And we'll be at Scarlet Lane Brewery on the south side of Indy um, on October 6th. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. And we're really excited about that. They are the the uh, brewery of horror. So but I'm friends with a guy who works there. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> um, now, I, I need them to lock the doors because the last live podcast we did, people walked out. Because I was talking about vampires eating puppy dogs' faces. I don't have anything that gory this time. I swear. I promise. Um, we're good to go. It it's was so funny, though. The moment she mentioned that, this woman, she got up and just walked right on out. And we're like, where are you going? Sorry. Oh, did that gross you out a little bit? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so be prepared. I, I have a haunting story this weekend, so nothing too gross. I have a brief bit of a little gruesome, but it's very gruesome. Lock the doors. <laughs> <laughs> do you have uh, any paranormal in the news? I do. So another thing we do is we I follow some really weird sites on Facebook, and I, I scroll through all the time and find weird stuff that's going on now that um, is paranormal, otherworldly, creepy, all that stuff. But did you guys know that a large bat-winged humanoid observed near the Ohio River in West Virginia. Sounds pretty creepy. Maybe I lied. Um, the quote of, oh, I got this from Phantoms and Monsters, Pulse of the Paranormal. Um, it starts off with a quote. It said, I didn't believe in Mothman until me and a friend saw it up close. We didn't think we saw it or catch a glimpse. We clearly saw it. Well, I got a grammar issue there. Uh, no idea what this creature is, but it does exist. And I can't imagine anyone ever able to get a picture of it because we weren't able to move or speak for about an hour. There you go. That's the whole thing why nobody gets cryptid pictures on their phones. The frozen in fear. I called it crap. <laughs> Sorry. Almost cursed. <laughs> Um, and after the hour, all they could do was repeat, what the F was that? He said F. It wasn't me censoring myself, I swear. Um, for the next hour, while still not able to move, somehow it seems to paralyze you. This is me calling bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, somehow it seems to paralyze you, and I also could read its thoughts when it looked at us. What were they on? I, <laughs> K 
can we get some? Anybody have any hookups? Um, he said, I do live in West Virginia near the Ohio River, the next county over from where Point Pleasant is. And the spot where we saw it is the highest point in the county. And we both estimated the wingspan to be between 14 and 15 feet. Nah, I don't think so. Human-like legs hanging down, human-like head, but with no neck. That seems to be a theme with the Mothman. Yes, that's consistent. Yeah. Um, and he was flying the whole time, so it was really hard to tell how tall he was. <laughs> Um, estimated to be about 400 pounds. So he oh, couldn't wow. tell how tall it was, <laughs> but he knew it weighed 400 pounds. Yes. Would he not be able to fly if it was 400 I don't know. You would think at that weight it would need at least 30 foot wings. Terry. Clarification. Did you say this was the highest point or these were the highest people at that point? I think it could go either way. It was probably the highest people on the highest point of West Virginia. Good call. I like the way you think. It says it looks a lot more like a bat than a moth, similar to the creature in Jeepers Creepers. They were high. I mean, we can all admit that at this point, right? Um, don't expect. I don't expect anyone to believe us. Well, <laughs> red flag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless they see it for themselves. So, yeah. Um, it says on the website. Note: My associate and I are attempting to get a date of the sighting from the witness who did remain nameless. I'm just going to put that out there. I believe the sighting was made in Cable County, I don't know, where other reports have originated over the years. There is a gnat circling my mic, so I am not possessed if I start going like this, I swear. So yeah, there's, there's a mothman in West Virginia. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, obviously they were partaking in other activities had to be. when they saw it because I just, I can't get on board with it. <laughs> well, I've heard stories that Sasquatch can stun you. That's true. And I've heard stories that Sasquatch can talk to you through your brain. So I met this man, I we, swear to God. We were actually at a cryptid con in somewhere in Kentucky. Yes. And this man was... The most interesting man in the world. He was well-versed in Bigfoot knowledge, let me tell you. <laughs> and somehow we got trapped talking to him with I no chose to talk to him. route of escape. <laughs> with video cameras. He had pictures and diagrams, and I could only understand like every third word he said. Yeah, um, and the pictures, they looked like Ewoks. They were allegedly baby big feet. I saw nothing. I saw I it. literally just saw Forrest, and no, he's like, there's the baby, there. there's the mom. And I don't believe in Mothman, but freaking Sasquatch, <laughs> man, he's my homie. Well, maybe we get a hold of this guy and see if he's ever <laughs> come across the big moths. So if you want to see this interview, Check out Amazon Prime search oddity files. It was the Harold Harold it's uh, Harrodsburg Herald investigation in Harrodsburg, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. Greg Yost was an interesting feller. Yeah. He was I, very sweet though. He was very I'm not just sweet. trying to like dog on him. And, no, and honestly, I think he piqued my interest in Bigfoot. Oh, really? It, yeah. I think he's why I'm partially obsessed. I mean, he's he wasn't shy about letting everyone know that he's dedicated his life mm -hmm. to Bigfoot. Yeah. Like seriously, and all it's, yeah. <laughs> he's in Bedford. 
I'm serious. He's in the, the Hoosier National Forest in Bedford. That's where all the photos were taken. So just in case you guys want to take a road trip Sunday afternoon, go ahead and check that out. If you get pictures or you see Bigfoot, tell him I want a hug. <laughs> oh, so that's that's my Bigfoot uh, obsession, and the, but I don't believe in the Mothman. So go figure. Is it? So you're from northern Indiana. Yes, Chicagoland, Lake County-ish. Weren't there sightings up there? Or am I making Chicago that up? Chicago has had lots of sightings of Mothman. That's what I thought. Have I seen him? No. Hmm. Yeah. But they say big, uh, not Bigfoot, Mothman, when he shows up, that, that tragedy is about to happen. Oh. Yeah. Has anyone checked on those people? Oh, maybe that's why they can't <laughs> figure out when the sighting was. Uh, has uh, anything weird been going on in your life? Um, no. I don't think so. You know, so Clayton and I, we investigate haunted locations, and we've had some spirits follow us home. And um, lately, you, you know, everybody watches ghost hunting shows. Has anybody ever been ghost hunting? Oh, oh look at you guys! Cool. That's a awesome. lot more than I thought. Yeah, for sure. So lately, out of nowhere, the hair on my arm stands up. I don't get goosebumps. It, it's like I feel something touching my arm. Like there's a hair caught on it and there's no hair. Is it only when you're at home? No, it's all the time. Whoa. Yeah, so I'm a little freaked out. You need to do a Reiki healing. Apparently so. I need to learn more about Reiki. Me too, and I've been looking into it a lot. So we actually had a conversation about Reiki because I had no idea what it was. And so now I'm like Googling all these things like Reiki readers, Indianapolis, and there are a ton, apparently. And Bloomington as well, of and you course. Have to be, like certified, but it's almost a form of like massage therapy, but also like has to do with like help he- me. healing and pulling the energies out yes. of you like and pulling negative energies out. Yeah, um, it's I very, mean it sounds amazing. Right. Well, when I saw one that was like massage therapy Reiki, I was like, okay, I'll probably like I can do that. At one. least you get a massage out of <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Nothing else. If nothing else. <laughs> Uh, so hopefully it's a good one. Yeah. Um, but other than that, not really. I did learn something new. I'm editing season three right now on Amazon Prime. And there's a moment where um, Clayton is, all of a sudden, he gets a really loud ringing in his ear. We were in Red Key, Indiana. Yeah. And it's so funny because all of a sudden he's like, I have a ringing in my ear. Can you hear it? <laughs> wow, that was really loud. Where so was sorry. this? Um, it was up in the Pythian Lodge. Still don't know what a Pythian is. Ah, uh, yes. Um, oh, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I looked it up, and that's like a form of psychic, like ghosts are talking to you when your ear rings out of nowhere for no medical oh. reason whatsoever. So I learned something new this week. Apparently I did too. Because during filming I go, oh, I'll just voice over what that means because I have no idea right now. <laughs> Uh, we should probably tell stories. Yeah. I mean, we're we're boogieing right <laughs> along here. No worries. Um, I guess we did start early. We started early, <laughs> and we'll take questions at the end. I mean, if you want to stay, if you don't, the door's locked. So right. you're, you're out of luck. Because um, we actually have we have been investigating for quite some time. Kitsy's definitely been investigating longer than I have. Not by much. I did the math the other day. Yeah, like four, five... Not even, like, three years. Wow. (laughs) And, I mean, we started doing Oddity Files literally as a hobby, just because we thought it'd be fun. And the very little spare time that we have, we go talk to ourselves in the dark and hope that 
They talk back. They talk back. <laughs> um, and it just became, I don't want to call it an obsession. Totally. But it's an obsession. A million um, and ten percent. I mean, to the point that we've literally been lucky enough to investigate all over the world. We investigated, just the two of us, this massive, massive multi-building uh, prison in Australia that we had the entire place to ourselves. Terrifying. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. There's no children here. There was a prisoner there yes. that chopped up his cellmate in little pieces and flushed him down the toilet. And like, that's on record. And I was in there by myself. <laughs> it was terrifying. But yeah, it's just, we started Oddity Files kind of just with all of our friends and anybody yeah. that wanted to come along with us. We're and, like, oh, we'll throw it up on YouTube. Right. And that's what we did for a long time. And then as we... Kitsy and I both kind of got more intrigued in the actual, I don't want to call it the science of it, but just... It's science as it gets, yeah. yeah. And just, what is this that that's making us hear footsteps? Like, just trying to actually put a story behind what's happening, because when you investigate as much as we do, I started out as a skeptic, because I was like, I've never seen anything or had a true experience of my own, so that's why I wanted to do it. I had stuff happen to me as a kid, a young child, and so at that point, as like distant of a memory as it is, it's like, did that actually happen? Was I like half, half asleep? asleep. Like, yeah, you're. I was in kindergarten, so like very very small child. But as we've done this, I'm obviously way more on the the realm of believer. Well, we have this thing called the spirit box. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but it sweeps rapidly through radio stations. We've had full conversations yeah. with what has to be a spirit, energy, entity, whatever you want to call it, and solved a crime at one point. More or less. I mean, it sounds, it sounds over the top, but I mean, more or less. <laughs> I mean, it was a suicide, but he said, oh, no, my wife came in and shot me. I mean, he didn't say it like that. That was dowsing rods, actually. <laughs> Shit. Oh, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot of fun, and we've learned so, so much and so actually, when we're done, we're going to open it up if you have any questions about any of that. Because I, I've always said that I don't believe anyone's truly an expert in the no. area of ghosts and the paranormal. Because, I mean, it, much like Bigfoot, until there's like a dead one on a table and someone studied it. Which you can't do that with a ghost. How is there going to be Never. an expert? So. Yeah. Whatever questions you guys might have, stick around and we'd be happy to answer those about our experiences. If you've had an experience, we'd love to hear about that as well. Oh, I love other people's ghost stories. Yeah, They're so, so amazing. But, That's actually one of my favorite things about our podcast is we have listeners submit yeah. their stories to us via email. We're oddityfilescrew at gmail in case you're feeling a little shy today. Um, but yes, the, the one that's going up next week, the story we told, I oh know. my God. Yes. I was about ready to cry in the middle of it. And it's creepy. Intense. Yeah, it's very intense. Yeah. And and it's like, and, and you're just writing this up like it's nothing, girl. You go. I know. <laughs> but it is cool getting to hear other people's experiences because her and I obviously always have similar experiences because we investigate together. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh yeah, one Except time. Except for those ones that follow us home. Right. But it's like one time. You know, we, we heard a, a child laugh and then, like, little footsteps. Like, yeah, we were together. But when we get these people who we don't know that just listen to our show, submitting stories, it's really exciting because it's not just us. Like, other yes. people are yeah. are having experiences. And the whole time we're reading them, we're like, well, why doesn't this happen while we're investigating? Exactly. 
<laughs> the cereal takes itself out of the cupboard. I don't understand. <laughs> I have no idea who goes first. I actually don't. And we're a little thrown off anyway, so yeah, it doesn't um, matter. The podcast that went up today, I went first. So the next one, you'll go first. So this will go up. So I'll go first okay. again. Sound Perfect. good? Yep. So when we do these podcast, live podcasts, I like to do something that has to do with the area that we're in. And easy. I'm from here. It's totally the best thing ever. So I'm going to talk about the haunting of the slippery noodle. Everybody knows what the slippery noodle is. I was hoping is. you were going to do this. When I started researching mine, so sorry, I'm going to interrupt No, clearly. please. We've been wanting to investigate the slippery noodle since basically we started investigating, yes. but when they only close for like four hours a, I a day. I go in for four hours during the day. I don't even care. So when I was, I started to research and I literally told myself, I bet she's going to do the slippery noodle. Oh, well, good. I'm, glad, I'm glad you thought that because here we are. So all paranormal investigators have a bucket list, I assume. I know I do. While my list is a little bit outlandish, having places on it like the White House... Because, I mean, Abraham Lincoln haunts the White House and Buckingham Palace because fancy stuff. Um, I also have a local place right here in Indianapolis in my top five, five places I would love to investigate. I have contacted everybody I know in the bar industry in Indianapolis and nobody can get us in there for a lockdown. It's the oldest standing commercial building in Indianapolis, always providing what the Circle City wanted in the way of entertainment. Hospitality, hospitality as well, words are hard, sorry, I do stumble. Um, as well as fulfilling services people sought in the community, from being an upscale tavern and inn, evolving into a place for Germans to gather, to a place of rest and recreation, and a haven from the law, where black market booze could be bought, prostitution, and then it turned into a lunch, a lunch counter and is now a great music venue and apparently has good food as well. I've only had drinks there. Um, my story is the history and hauntings of the Slippery Noodle Inn, and the story goes a little something like this. What is now the Slippery Noodle Inn was founded in 1850 as the Tremont House. It was an upscale road, road house and bar for railroad passengers after the railroad came to town. In 1860, nope, skipped a paragraph. During the time just before the Civil War, the main building was a way station for a different kind of railroad, an underground railroad for escaping slaves on their way to Canada and to freedom. In 1860, the inn and bar's name was changed to Concordia House. The tin ceiling, which it's so well known for was added in 1890 and around the turn of the century it was called the Germania House becoming a German club what is a German club you may ask I have no idea and neither does Google because I spent 20 minutes looking for a definition and here I am now telling you I have no clue what a German club is or maybe I just suck at the Google. During World War One, the name changed again by owner Louis Beck to Beck's Saloon to avoid the scrutiny by the authorities and people who were hostile to Germans. I mean, you really can't blame a guy. Next up, Walter Muir Moore purchased the location 
tradition to brew beer in the basement and serve it in the bar. And apparently this guy had the worst of luck because not long after that getting set up, prohibition started. Boo. Poor guy. He didn't... Uh, but he didn't let that stop him. The name was changed to Moore's Restaurant. Hmm, very well done. And beer was still brewed in the basement. As you can imagine, lots of gangster activity went down in those days. Moore's Restaurant became a favorite hangout for both Brady and the Dillinger gangs. Is there anywhere in Indiana Dillinger hasn't been? No. I don't think so either. Um, the restaurant was, except his grave, allegedly, I don't even know the guy. Um, <laughs> The restaurant was even a scene for a Dillinger shooting, and there's a bullet hole still there to that to this day as proof. Now, there's no documentation as to whether anyone died during the shooting, but you know, mob stuff. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. But the story is that the bullet got there during target practice, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'd still like to know the real story. Also, during the mob's heyday, the noodle's second floor... I, but they would hate that I just called it the noodle <laughs> because I'm, <laughs> I'm only sure going to call the it the one. noodle from now on. The noodle's second floor was turned into a brothel. Hey, girl, hey. And actually stayed one until 1953, according Whoa. to the Slippery Noodles website. I had to look. I'm like, well, maybe they meant 1853, but it was 1953. Wow. Girls were getting stuff done. Um, <laughs> after two men got in a fight over one of the sex workers with the result of one of them being stabbed to death, and on his way out, the murderer just left the knife on the bar. Oh. Yeah, the good old days, you know, before forensics. And talk about a badass move. I'm just right. saying, yep, yeah, I'm done. She's mine. <laughs> Not long after that, the Yegi family, who actually still owns the place, bought it and turned it into a lunch counter, and then later into one of the nation's top blues bars, according to Rolling Stone, which I didn't know. Which I didn't is know either. Awesome. Um, lost my place. And the famous celebrated slippery noodle in it is today. Okay. Everybody wake up. History lesson is over. Now we get on to the good stuff. The reason this location is on my bucket list for places to investigate. Sarah Etherington, if you're here, Sarah, I'm sorry. Uh, she's the events coordinator for the Slippery Noodle, says she heard of 13 different entities who called the Slippery Noodle home. Sightings are so commonplace that the staff has actually named most of them, wow. which is my favorite. So we'll start off with the most interactive spirit of the location, George. George hangs out in the basement. Several employees and customers claim to have seen George there. George is a black man in denim coveralls. He's not only seen but heard. Maybe George is tied to the human remains that were unearthed in the formerly dirt floor of the basement during a flood. Did you know? No. I thought that was so cool. I guess I do have a little bit of true crime. <laughs> I lied and I'm in my text. Um, but that area has since been paved over. But before paving it over, Hal Yegi had a priest come in and bless the area beforehand. Apparently, it didn't get rid of any ghosts. Um, many believe these were the remains of a former slave who passed away during his stay while traveling the Underground Railroad. Slaves would hide out in the basement while waiting to catch a train north. There's one teeny tiny little room in the basement that may have served as a hiding spot for the slaves. It's said to just not feel right when you're in it. And many won't even enter the room. 
there's a story that one delivery guy went to put a keg in the basement, flipped the lights on, only to see George right there in his face. He left the building and has refused refused to come back. That's what I want to happen to us. Literally. Um, but I would think it's a real person. Yeah, well, I wouldn't think it's a ghost. I'd be like, hey, man, what's up? No, you would not. I have scared you before, and you did not do that. <laughs> the only time I scream during investigations is when you scare me. <laughs> uh, one commenter on hauntedplaces.org says, I went down there where they kept the slaves, and in the cellar place where the slaves were kept, again, grammar people, and they closed the door. It was pitch black. And I turned to the door, and on the back of my neck, I felt something breathe. It was very cold. So would that be a breath, or would that be a cold breeze? Cold breeze? Yeah, same. Um, and then it whispered, leave. I turned around. I seen little footprints engraved like someone had been walking past me. It was scary before I left. I heard what sounded like, there's no periods. It, before I left, I heard what I sounded like. It said, the master something knows. I got so scared, I swore not to go down there ever again. That's all in quotes. I didn't write that, I promise. Other entities are known as the boss man. I hope he's a mobster, because they're my favorite. The shadow man and Sarah is upstairs. A few encounters with Sarah went down like this. One employee, words are hard. One employee reportedly hurried by one particularly creepy room on the second floor during a shift at work. She saw the door open. When she walked back by, it was closed. The next time she came by, a lady came out and reportedly stared at the employee with her black pit eyes. Whoa. Terrifying. Very terrifying. The employee refused to go upstairs after that. Same girl. Same. I assume it was a female. Sarah's perfume can often be smelled on the second floor and is usually accompanied with cold spots. Another story told says a limo driver that was there for a wedding sat in the back while the newlyweds ate their lunch up front. The driver asked one of the employees, who's the woman upstairs in the balcony, and he described the spirit of Sarah to an absolute T. Other spirits are seen at the noodle are a little girl and a cowboy, among others. Some of the most famous claims are wine bottles that have been found open in the basement and certain rooms on the second floor, which are now mostly used for storage. Um, have been known to have some unusual activity. Sounds like I really need to go hang out with these ghosts. <laughs> Many celebrities who love music have also visited the Slippery Noodle. Now's the little tourism plug. Um, people such as Harrison Ford, Han, I miss him. Um, Peyton Manning, of course, Jimmy Fallon, Billy Joel, Spike Lee, Dan Aykroyd, and Robert De Niro, just to name a few. So no matter what kind of company you're looking for, living, dead, famous or not, I think the Slippery Noodle has you covered. So if anybody here or listening to this when we post it on the podcast feed um, can hook a sister up, I'm totally down for having a glass of wine with George or Sarah or Shadow Man or the Boss Man. Heck, even the little girl has to be more than 21 years at this point. At this point. Yeah. So, I mean, how does that even work? Right. <laughs> That's my story, the Slippery Noodle ends. I'm so happy that you did that. One, because I've never really known the story behind Slippery Noodle. 
Um, I've just always <clears throat> known that it was old and haunted, allegedly. I did yeah. know like the bullet hole thing, but yeah, I didn't the know. The mobster ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. So typically when we do the live podcast, I don't always do local stories, but this one I decided to do because I personally just wanted to know a little bit more about it. So we've actually been here oh. multiple times. Oh. And so we formed our own opinions about this place. And that's another thing when we investigate, we try not to research the location at all. Because, for example, if someone says someone was murdered in the kitchen and now there's a ghost in the kitchen, when you go to investigate the kitchen, you're automatically going Getting to be assuming, <laughs> yeah, this, oh, this room's haunted. But yeah. when you don't have any idea, it just makes it more real. So in the, more that, in the Morgan Monroe State Forest, just north of Bloomington, there's a small cemetery. It's not uncommon, uncommon to find I live right down the street. old burial grounds deep in the woods or even in state forests. Actually, in the Jennings State Forest in Florida, there's not one, not two, but four cemeteries within the actual state forest. Oh, wow. Although cemeteries are often found in the forest, and many cemeteries at least have one spooky story associated with them, I suspect it has to do with, you know, just the, the question of death itself as to why yeah. people go and investigate I mean, if cemeteries. I was a ghost, I wouldn't hang out at the cemetery. So you likely pass right by Step Cemetery if you weren't going there looking for it. Well, you will now because of I-69. Right. <laughs> so Step Cemetery itself has 32 graves. Those 32 graves are not quiet, though, according Ooh. to legend. Ooh. Right. So Step Cemetery may not be as old as some cemeteries in the United States, but it still dates back quite some time, at least the 19th century. The stories connected to it vary, of course, such as that of folklore. Some of them, the graves are actually there, some of them are simply folklore. But most commonly cited belongs to one apparition known as the Lady in Black. She guards a particular tree stump, although precisely why just depends on which story you hear. So some legends say that after her husband died in a dynamite explosion in the quarry, the woman What? Yeah. I've not heard that. The woman would become known as the Lady in Black because she threw just her entire being into her husband died. So after her husband died, all she had left was a single daughter. However, this daughter would never make it past the early stages of adulthood. She and her boyfriend were killed, both killed in an automo automobile accident on their way home from a date one night. After which, she joined her father at Step Cemetery. So following the daughter's death, the woman began to frequent the cemetery even more than she already had, sitting on an old tree stump weeping, speaking to her husband and daughter for hours at a time. When she died too, she was also buried at Step Cemetery. And the old tree stump was just her favorite place. She, that's where she would sit and kind of just like mourn. Again, that's one version of the story. Okay. Some of the stories, and this is what I was saying is just a little gruesome, states that the daughter's head was never found after the car accident. Oh. And that the lady in black, after she died, when couples would come and park on the, you know how like you have to park and then yeah, walk up a little yeah. bit? That when you parked on the side of the road, you would see an apparition of an old woman holding a rotting girl's head no. in her hands. Mm -mm. Can you that that would that? scare me. It also kind of reminds me of the movie Hereditary. Oh, that If you haven't seen that, go watch it. And now at some point. It's terrifying and awful. Another tale describes the lady in black 
as the mother of a girl who was murdered in the 1950s. In this version, the daughter's body was found dumped at the cemetery grounds, with the killer escaping unpunished and the woman still holding her Virgil. Mm. Yet another combines elements of that story that is pretty popular in a ton of different folklore stories regarding a hook. In this version, the mother survived the car crash while her daughter did not. But the mother did lose her hand, which was replaced with a metal hook. Uh-huh. She guards the child's grave to keep them from, you know, people from vandalizing this and another. There are also common threads that a grieving mother, a dead child car accident, is very common in all of them. But the final story of the lady in black names her Anna, the mother of a boy who was killed in infancy. Again, the cause is said to have been a car accident. It's not Lester, is it? What? Yeah. <gasps> so, right. Singing softly to her lost child and nursing grief. And this version, though, is said to have eventually killed herself on that very tree stump beside her child's grave. Oh. And there's an additional edge to danger in the story that the previous versions lack. It's said that anyone who sits on that tree stump will live less than a year. Oh, I did that two years ago. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> the age of the Lady in Black's child... Um, that's essentially you live less than a year because that's how long oh, her baby last yeah. lived. So for the curious, the baby in the story is interesting in itself. So he's often referred to as Baby Lester, and indeed, a Baby Lester does reside in the cemetery. However, there seem to be two different stories drawn to one another. According to Find a Grave, Baby Lester, the child of Aletha Pryor Lester and Harley Lester, was stillborn in 1937 rather than killed in a car accident. Visitors still place toys and other small mementos at Baby Lester's grave in hopes that it will help him rest easier. Some, though, sometimes, though, the spirit that haunts the tree stump isn't a lady at all. Sometimes it's an old caretaker who used to rest on the stump before making its, his rounds. Until the day a logging truck veered off the road and into the cemetery. The caretaker, sitting on the stump at this time, was crushed by the falling logs. And even though he's physically departed the world, he still just hangs tight on that stump. Well, you know, some people are just married to their jobs. So have you ever heard of the Crabites? It sounds familiar. So one of the more curious tales, it's like... I, it was really hard to find anything on it. Okay. It said that a religious cult known as the Crabites used the cemetery as their gathering place. Well, that's why the stump has been set on fire, is rumor that I heard. But I really could not find much, just that it happened and that um, it involved snakes and then uh-uh. doing like nope. nude rituals. And oh, because you can't gl- even be in the place after 11 o'clock. They'll come get you. <laughs> um, also, glossolalia, which is the phenomenon of speaking in unknown languages, especially like in religious worship. So just imagine walking up on that. You said that really well. I don't know if <laughs> you did for sure, but it sounded like you knew what you were talking about. I looked up how to about. say it <laughs> What's the, What I enjoy about Step Cemetery is that none of those stories could be true. No, no. But Baby Lester's grave is, is a plop of concrete with, yes. you know those letters from the refrigerators put into the concrete and it says Lester, yes. so. But the cemetery itself does exist. It could be haunted. I think it's haunted. Uh, we, We've been there. We got some very interesting evidence. Yes. And it might not be ghosts or a woman in black, but 
there is something there because yeah. we actually had been a number of times. We actually did one of our photo shoots there. <laughs> because oddly why enough. not? Um, actually, wait, uh, the artwork from our sticker. This is, this is Death Cemetery right here, the path <laughs> that takes you to the cemetery. But the first time I went there, I, I didn't know anything about it. Like, I'd always heard, oh, Step Cemetery, it's close to India and it's haunted, but I didn't know where it was. And when we went, there were arguably more mosquitoes out than any other time in history. But, um, yeah. I, the whole time, he's like. And she's just sitting there. I'm like, how are you I, not they getting don't like me. I, I must right smell bad. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to do that because it's somewhere that we had actually been. And I really yeah. didn't know. I, I knew bits and pieces. Right. I knew there was. I, I thought it was a lady in white, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Because, I mean, they're all always, the lady in white. They're always wearing yeah. white. <laughs> and baby Lester, I mean, because I saw the clump of concrete. Yeah. However, the last time we were out there, it was just the two of us, and we actually did like a little investigation. Mm -hmm. And as it got darker, and this is one thing that as we investigate, it's really hard to tell, because when we don't really use flashlights, we don't have to. And when it gets just so pitch dark that you can't see anything, your eyes really do start playing tricks. Yes. And remember, as I was looking at the tree line, I was like, I think someone's here. Like. And that's more scary than ghosts. It's always more scary than ghosts, thinking that there might be a real person. A murderer. A murderer. Yeah. Especially somewhere like that, where it's just outside and anyone could just yeah. walk up. That's why, that's the only place we've investigated outside. Yes. And it was just, um, my, I was just staring at this tree line and I swore I could see a figure, remember? Mm -hmm. And I was even trying to zoom in with the camera, with the IR camera, because I was just so certain that I saw someone there. Obviously... I don't think there was anyone there. Uh, if it was, it was either Bigfoot or a, a ghost, because <laughs> we didn't die. Yeah. But I mean, it's your eyes are just constantly playing tricks. No, with you. you especially. I know. But like I'm, again, I'm editing season three right now, and the whole time he's like, "My eyes are just messing with me." Or there's something over there in that corner. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We recently um, investigated Bobby Mackey's. Oh, and wow. talk about a place that my eyes were constantly messing with me. Well, they're known for shadow figures True. there. But there are so many pillars and just it's stuff a bar. in the room. It's a functioning bar they're with no air conditioning. Actual shadows <laughs> yeah. being cast that you don't know what they are. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Distracting. <laughs> so do, do any of you guys have any ghost stories you want to tell the world? Don't be shy. I feel like someone does. Doesn't have to be a ghost story. It, it were you a, abducted by aliens? Because I'm still waiting for that one. Me too. <laughs> Who's going to Area 51? Not me. I know it's the, the craze has died out. It's uh, I'm so disappointed. It, it has completely died out. But we recently found out that Facebook actually took that event down without their permission. And isn't it crazy that Facebook taking that down made the entire thing just go away. Go away. It's terrifying. It's, it's That's scarier insane. than ghosts. <laughs> Does anybody have any questions? About investigating or how you can get started investigating or anything? Yeah. Terry. I, I know that you said that you don't you try not to research over much to like avoid uh, uh, power of suggestion. Um, do you have any like do you it's got to be hard because I imagine, like, without researching, you don't know where to go to. So is it? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So is it just like, hey, you should come here, and you have to be like, no, no, don't, don't tell us anything else. Just <laughs> Pretty much. Right. So what he asked, and the only reason I'll repeat it is because so that people listening after oh, know the what podcast, you say. Yeah. So you just ask 
how I don't research locations. How do we know to go there because they're haunted if we're not researching them? And basically, because they take our money. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, a lot of times Kitsy's the one who will find a location, or if it's like a really notoriously haunted location, like Waverly. You, you know, they kind of speak for themselves. We do investigate a lot of smaller places throughout the country mm -hmm. that aren't as well known. And there's so many here in Indiana. Equally haunted. But what, since we do travel so much, we'll often just put out feelers like, hey, anyone in the Seattle area know of somewhere that's haunted. And then if we get Apparently some Apparently all of Seattle is haunted. Then we'll just reach out to those locations and be like, hey, we'd love to come investigate. Mm -hmm. Uh, how do we do it? Plus, I've seen every paranormal show ever, so I'm like, oh, this is close. That's within driving a distance. Right. I'm going to contact them and see if they'll let us film there. Also, more times than not, Kitsy knows a lot more about the location than I do. Because I've watched every paranormal show ever. And so if you watch the show, there's there's a decent amount of drone footage. When that gets chopped down to like three seconds. I'm yeah, so exactly. sorry. Oh, no. So when, we're, when they're getting the walkthrough... Kitsy and Carter will be getting the walkthrough from whoever's showing us the location, and I'll stand outside and I'll capture all the drone footage while they're doing that so that the power of suggestion for me just isn't there. So sometimes... Sometimes the walkthrough is just don't step on this floor because you'll fall through. Literally. <laughs> like, don't go in this room. The floors aren't, aren't safe. Or <laughs> we were somewhere and we walk in the basement. He was like, that's, as, that's asbestos. If you don't touch it, you'll be fine. And I was Are like, I don't think that's me? how asbestos works. <laughs> but, okay. That guy. We literally didn't investigate the basement no. in that place. But somebody died down there, but I was terrified of asbestos. Right. No way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and... What are the closest places we've investigated around here? We've been to Lake. I've been to Lake County Jail Lake County up in Jail. Crown Point on several occasions because yes. it is literally my favorite haunted location ever. Um, There's whispers down in Mitchell. Yes. Which you've not been to. Correct. But we did investigate the Opera House in Mitchell as well. Oh right. Um, and then uh, in the asylum. Or the sanitarium. Oh, uh, in Winchester, Winchester. Indiana. The, Randolph County. Yes, Randolph County Infirmary Beautiful slash Asylum, building. depending on which Facebook page you're looking at. Beautiful building. So that investigation, again, we do this, it's only us. We don't have like a big camera crew. There's that comes no with large us. camera crew following us around. There's there's just three of us, literally just yeah. three of us. And that location was so cold, like so it was January cold. in Indiana. <laughs> and this thing is just a concrete building that mm -hmm. isn't operating anymore. And so it's just keeping all that cold inside. We were in a cooler. And so literally I'm just like cranky and I'm just like, and they I'm have cold. one room with like this propane heater that Clayton set on fire. That I didn't make the episode. Literally lit the thing on fire because <laughs> I tried to turn it up too high. And so the flame inside the heater just got so big that it caught itself on fire. <laughs> and he broke it. And it, so then we had no heat. <laughs> I could not do my hands or my like anything. No. But that's part of it. Yeah. Sometimes we go and we freeze our ass off at Bobby Mackey's. July 3rd. They didn't inform us that their AC was out. And so it was scorching. It like awful. Melting inside this building. But we make it look glamorous, kids. As we're like all shiny and dripping <laughs> yeah. sweat, like having headaches. <laughs> like we were asking for cold breezes. <laughs> yeah. Can you, you give me a cold spot right here? <laughs> but thank you guys for coming yeah, and listening thanks, to our guys. stories. 
uh, like Kitsy said, we were um, booked for this kind of last minute. Yeah, but typically we um, there's people here. Yeah, but we're only happy. four people left. No, if you count the little kid, it was five. <laughs> he walked in probably as I was like talking about <laughs> holding your rotting head. He's <laughs> like, this isn't the Batman panel. <laughs> but please check us out on Amazon Prime. If I didn't hand you one of these, come on up and grab one. Um, We'd, we'd love for you guys to check us out. Listen to the podcast. We go up every Friday on all the podcast yep. apps that are out there. Um, we're having a lot of fun with it. It is. We do just have a lot of fun. Yeah, we do. And this is what we do. We sit in my office in my house and do this. If there's not work to be done, then we'll get some alcohol involved. But yes. more times than not, it's like, all right, we're going to do this, and then we have to pack for this next show. Or, yeah, so. <laughs> literally, because, yeah. Life. <laughs> because life. Yeah, but thank you but guys, thank so you much guys again. for being here. We Have appreciate a great you. Oh, my ear's ringing. Is it a go?